Hello and welcome to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, the podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Each week, I'm joined by a guest who tells me all about the places in Scotland that mean the most to them and the memories and stories associated with these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all the songs in full due to copyright, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it and leave us a rating and a review. You can also find us on social media. For Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And for Twitter, search Capture Cali. Please like and share the pages with all your friends and family to help spread the word of Capture Caledonia and to keep up with the latest news. If you would like to support the podcast to help with future episodes, you can now donate on my Buy Me A Coffee page, which is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount, no matter how small, really goes a long way. Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to this week's episode. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Adam Stafford to the tracks that take us back. Adam is a Scottish musician, filmmaker, film writer, photographer and broadcaster who is based in Falkirk. Having spent many years releasing music as the lead singer of Scottish alternative folk band Y'all is Fantasy Island, Adam has also had a hugely successful solo career, working on a variety of different projects. As a musician, in 2014, Adam was nominated for the Scottish Album of the Year Award for his album Imaginary Walls Collapse. And for his filmmaking, Adam has been nominated for a BAFTA Scotland New Talent Award for the short film The Shutdown, which Adam directed and composed the music for. This film was a collaboration with esteemed Scottish author and playwright Alan Bissett and went on to win numerous awards at film festivals across the world. 2021 sees Adam releasing new music with his album Trophic Asynchrony coming out on the 9th of July. The album was written and recorded in lockdown and is predominantly an instrumental album that takes its title from the cascade of non-seasonal events that are happening due to climate change. I'm delighted to be joined by Adam this morning to talk about his new album and then to delve into his choices that he's made for the tracks that take us back. Adam, thank you so much for joining me this morning and welcome to Capture Caledonia. Yeah, you and thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this chat. So brilliant. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. And before we do jump into the brilliant choices that you've made uh, for today's show, I'd like to take a wee moment to chat about your new album, Trophic Asynchrony, which is coming out very, mm. very soon. Do you mind just expanding on what inspired you to, to write and record this particular album? It, it really just starts off how, um, how I, I, you know, I usually start writing um, just little dribs and drabs. And, and then as I, as I continue, I expand on, the, on the, um, some of the musical themes that, I, that I've composed. And then over, the, over a few months, that begins to take shape in the form of an album. And then I start to think about, um, about concepts, um, and especially when it comes to to the titles of the songs, I start to think about um, what what's behind the the titles and what kind of um, concepts I want to explore. And and this time it was it was just um, yeah, I mean it, it it was always in the news, and this was before the pandemic happened, and um, and climate change and trophic asynchrony, um, the you know. The seasonal, uh, the out of season sort of 
um, geological disorders and things like that really seemed like an interesting uh, concept to me to, to try and explore musically. You've touched on there that this that this was an idea before the pandemic, but from what mm-hmm. I read, it was it was written and recorded during lockdown. Um, I've mm-hmm. spoken to quite a lot of songwriters and musicians on the show so far about this particular time and how easy or how difficult it was to find the inspiration. What was your experience that, like trying to tap into your creative side during these quite bizarre times that we found ourselves in? Well, I was all I was all ready to to um, go into the studio with my regular producer and engineer, Robbie Leshuk. Um, and that was in January or February 2020. And we were in the process of applying for a Creative Scotland grant to get some money to actually record it properly with a host of musicians um, because I was actually going to be hoping to collaborate with, um, with some other people on the album. But as it turns out, the Creative Scotland basically said, you know, um, going by government guidelines, we can't have you in the same room as other musicians. It just won't be feasible. It would be, you know, would be completely contradicting what the the advice of the of the government have given out on the in terms of of um, COVID guidelines. So we we didn't get the money, and then I went and um, I had like an old notebook that had. Um, that had songs in it that were years old and I went and bought like a four track recorder and I I, I did another album called Diamonds of a Horse Famine and I just did that at home. I I recorded the vocals in my shed and I sat for two hours in the morning um, each morning while my my wife and my child were upstairs and and recorded it piecemeal and that was released last year. Um, So sorry to digress, but then... Um, when when July came and and um, the restrictions were eased a little bit more, um, Robbie had just said because he's a he's a really lovely chap. He just said it doesn't matter about um, trying to get to get the money to do this album. Why don't you just come through to my home studio and we'll do we'll do what we can with the instruments that we have and we'll improvise around it. And um, so so I went through for a week in July. Um, it would have been around about the same time as you know a year ago to this day almost, um, and we just um, we just recorded the album in in five days. Um, yeah, so um, my experience of it of the whole the whole lockdown, even though even though it's it's been almost Groundhog Day esque, um, you know, most of the time it was also quite fruitful for me as well because I managed to 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 complete two records and and having that time to be creative I suppose uh, really helped a lot of people I've spoken to have said it was a, a great way to actually release some of the pent-up energy of not being able to to do other stuff in in terms of being creative and, and having an outlet and we're actually going to listen to a track off of the new album so do you mind giving us a background to to the particular song that we're going to listen to and then we'll we'll listen to it okay um I believe the track is called for fawn um and it's a it's a piano song that I uh that I composed on a small um, keyboard and I actually wrote it for for my daughter who who is was called Fawn. Um, so it's it's basically very simply a track dedicated and written for her.
Now we're going to move on to talking about the choices that you've made for the tracks that take us back today. You've chosen three places in Scotland and three songs that remind you of these places. So do you mind um, telling us the first place that you've chosen to talk about today and why you've chosen this particular place? Sure. Um, so the place, uh, the first place that I've chosen is my hometown of Falkirk, um, where I, I grew up. Um, and the, the track that I've chosen really just reminds me of the years 1998 and 1999 when I was a, a teenager, 17 and 18. Obviously, um, when you're a teenager, music informs so much of your, of your life. And, and this track just reminds me of friends from around that time and also out the town itself too. What was it like um, growing up in Falkirk for you as, as someone who was obviously getting into, into the artistic side of things and finding your creativity? Was there a lot of inspiration there for you to tap into or, or did you find that you were looking elsewhere for that? It was quite ins inspiring in some ways because up until recently Falkirk, Falkirk has a kind of touristy reputation now because of the Kelpies and the, and the, um, the Fourth Canal and um, all of the tourist spots that um, the wheel, of course. And but it, when I was growing up, it was never really like that. It was kind of a post-industrial town. I, I grew up mostly in a place called Karen and Karen Shore, which is where the uh, where the Karen Ironworks is or was, which was the large largest industrial ironworks factory um in the kind of industrial in the in the industrial age so the town itself um you know when you come into Falkirk you can see uh Grangemouth which is which is in the Falkirk district area and that's a huge industrial complex as well so a lot of the places that we we roamed and that we walked about and played in were industrial wastelands and um it was a, a weird a, a weird sort of split between an industrial landscape and then the further out you go into all of these little satellite villages that surround Falkirk it becomes quite a rural a dense rural area so we had on on the one hand the industrial side of it and the other hand um a very kind of rural green and lush especially in the summer um, areas of, of the town. How did you find it when you started to get into, into music? Like what were your first introductions to music and, and getting into that side of, of your life? So there was a, a really good record shop in Falkirk called Sleeves and some of the older generation will probably remember that. And, and Sleeves was always, we, we also had an hour price and a virgin later on. Um, but Sleeves was the independent record shop and it was always the place to go to if you wanted to discover um, new independent music. I, I remember one time, because all of the guys that worked there, Aidan Moffat from Arabstrap used to work there. Hmm. And um, there was a, I think the owner was called Roy. And they were just these guys, you know, it was a bit like High Fidelity, the book <laughs> or the film, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. They were really, they were really quite dismissive. And um, I remember one time, I tried to buy an Everclear album, um, and Roy, the owner, 
just looked at me and he, he shook his head and said, no, you don't want to buy that. What you want <laughs> to buy is this. And he put on the counter um, a compilation of Pixies. It's called Death to, to, to Pixies, I think. Came out in like 96 or something like that. And being kind of young and a bit shy, I was like, uh, okay. Um, so I left the Everclear album and bought the <laughs> bought the Pixies <laughs> album. And, and it actually changed my life. So I have to thank um, Sleeves and, and Roy for, for that introduction that was the first time i'd heard pixies in, in about 96 so there was all that kind of going on going on and um some of my a lot of my friends and i were into alternative music um post grunge i guess nirvana were obviously massive in the early 90s and the mid 90s even after kurt Cobain died there was still that that hangover for alternative music you know his his um influence was so great that people people just couldn't shake him i guess and couldn't shake the music so there was all of that so so we were completely into like alternative rock music punk music grunge and obviously nirvana were so um vocal about their influences so when you hear or heard Kurt Cobain talk about bands like the Vaselines and um, Bikini Kill and um, Calvin Johnson's K-Label, you know, that's a whole other world and rabbit hole that um, young impressionable teenagers can, can kind of delve into. And that's what we did at the time. And you've obviously chosen a song that reminds you of these memories. Do you mind explaining why you've chosen the particular song that you have? Yeah. So, um, Am I allowed to, to reveal the song? You can indeed. Okay, so the the track is um, Tracy uh, by Mogwai, which is from their the first record, um, Young Team. And um, the song just reminds me of... So to, to put it into, into context, you know, in kind of 96, 97... I was moving away from listening to to post grunge bands or you know heavy rock bands like Soundgarden and Nirvana, um, and moving more towards the the kind of left field indie, more like Pavement and and there was a, also another really great Scottish band called Eurozaiat Sura, who I was really in love with at the time, and then there was a lot of buzz around this new band called Mogwai in 97, 98. And um, I think the first track I heard from theirs was a live track. And it was quite a long live track. And I'm not, I can't really recall what track it was, but as it was, as it kept going, I was like, when is the singing going to come in? When are they going to, when are they going to start singing? Because, you know, up until that point, I'd barely listened to instrumental music. Um, and then once the track had finished, I was like, that was incredible. And they didn't even have to sing to make it so so powerful and so so brilliant. So um, Mogwai Young team was bought and just around m- myself and the circle of friends that we hung about with, that was a kind of, uh, that album was 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 just on the stereo all the time 
um, when we when we hung out together. And Tracy is a song that kind of reminds me of of that time. You know, it's uh, it just takes me back to to that time. Brilliant. Let's move on to the second place that you've chosen to talk about. Uh, where are we heading off to next on this this journey around Scotland? Okay, so um, I guess we're still we're still in the in the central belt, and uh, but this time it's further north, and we're in a cabin, a rickety old cabin in Balquhidder, <laughs> um, and this was a holiday that myself and my friends it was more like a weekend but it was a holiday for us um we took we took in in the year 2000 and basically what happened was my friend's brother's girlfriend's brother owned a cabin and i'll say I'll, i'll put cabin in very loose inverted commas, <laughs> um, in Balquhidder, which is just kind of north of Stirling, um, not quite as far as Loch Ernhead, but certainly just before Loch Ernhead, quite rural. And um, and yeah, so this song reminds me of that, of that holiday spent in that um in that cabin, yeah. Something that always interests me is is people's experience of of getting out of where they were brought up in. It's particularly in Scotland because for me, I was I was quite isolated in an area that I was that I was growing up in, and it wasn't until I got older that I started to explore further afield. Were you a family that would that would explore other parts of Scotland growing up, or were you sort of limited to the area that you were in? Not really. We used to we used to go as a family. We used to go on a lot of package holidays to Spain and things like that mm. once every year and stuff. And we went skiing up, um, up near Aviemore a few times. And I'm sure there was a trip trip to uh, Loch Ness when I was, when I was younger, but in terms of touring around or traveling around Scotland, I hadn't really been that far North until I was, um, until I was in my late teens, twenties. So, yeah, in answer to your question, we we didn't really do a lot of um, traveling around Scotland, which is a shame. And have you had the opportunity to do this more with your with your work and your music and and the various yeah, other absolutely. avenues? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, I've, I've been kind of all over the place now, and uh, it's nice to play in different places, and especially like getting up north and into the country, you know. To go back to to this rickety old cabin in Balquidder, which is which is interesting me greatly. What was it about uh, this particular weekend that that stayed with you over the years? So again, it was it was the same circle of friends that that were um, that were my buddies from high school, basically, and um, it was it was a kind of with Neil and I situation where it was like 
we had the access to this cabin and I seem to remember that we we had a friend's mum drive us up and it was night time and we got to this little um because I think in Balquitter it's only just like one windy road and all of the houses sit on either side of the road and we we got up and it was pitch black there was no street lamps and we were trying to find we were driving you know up and down trying to find this this um this building this place that we were going to stay and we eventually stopped and outside of this really lovely stone cottage and we thought oh this this is going to be beautiful we're going to be able to stay in this stone cottage but then at the back of the stone cottage it was it was basically just like a it was basically a big shed <laughs> it was like somebody had built an extension onto their shed with another shed <laughs> and uh, it was it was basically like the cabin in the in in the the film the evil dead it was just like um <laughs> it was so kind of um ad hoc and you know rickety and um there was no running water we found we found like these jotters, like these school jotters, um, and they they had they had child's writing in them, and it was just the same line written over and over again, as if somebody had, um, you know, as if a kid had been punished and they had to write lines. It's quite um, creepy, yeah. So, and <laughs> the sentence was, "I effing love Bucky." <laughs> that was that was the sentence. I effing love Bucky. And there was like five jotters just full of this like one sentence. So we were kind of like we were freaking out a bit, to be honest, because um we we got the lights to work in the place. There was no running water. Um we found these jotters full of I love Bucky written like <laughs> like a thousand times. And you know it was just smelly and 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 everything and um, yeah so it was it was one of those we've we've went on holiday by accident type with Neil and I situations but um, <laughs> but that night actually we went outside and because um, again there was no toilet so we had to go outside and pee in the kind of backyard of this place and. Um, I remember looking up and this it was like the sky had had cracked and there was light coming down from the top of the sky and um I went in and I said to the guys oh you need to come out and see this and it was the northern lights and for some reason in Balquitter the there was the aurora aurora borealis and that was the first time any of us had ever seen anything like that so um yeah, I mean, it was just, it was incredible that night to to look, to look up in the sky and see all of these shifting um, patterns of light. That's amazing. I'm so desperate to see the Northern Lights. I've never seen them um, in Scotland and I would love to, love to see them. I, I always see pictures on Instagram or, or Twitter of people who have managed to capture them and it always just looks so stunning. And I think it must be a real tick off the bucket list when you do see them. It was beautiful. And I remember... Um, when I came in and said to the rest of my friends, they they weren't they didn't believe me. <laughs> and then 
my friend Fraser went out and um, he did the toilet and then he came in and said, you know how Adam was talking pish about the sky being like <laughs> all different colours? Well, he's no talking pish. <laughs> and they all went outside. So it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those magical moments. And um, yeah, I, I'll always remember that, that holiday to the evil dead cavern in Palquera. <laughs> And are you still pals with um, this group of friends to this day? I am, yeah, yeah. We've lost touch with with um, with one of one of the guys, but the other the other three, um, yeah, we're still really good friends, which is nice to to be able to keep that friendship going, you know. And you've chosen a song that reminds you of this weekend. So, do you mind explaining what song you've chosen and why this particular song? Yeah, so um, the song is. Again, it's off another seminal Scottish album from the from the nineteen nineties, and it's Boards of Canada and Telephasic Workshop, and it's an album. It's the song is from an album called Music as the Right to Children, and um, again, it was just one of these great discoveries. You, you know, when when we were listening to alternative rock and then post rock, and then there was all of this other stuff bleeding it, you know, there, there was a, a kind of, um, it was very intersectional, you know? So like, if you liked, I guess, Mogwai, then you would have listened to their remixes album. And then there was people like um, Aphex Twin and th- there was all this kind of cross pollination with post rock artists and electronic artists. So, um, Boards of Canada was and Music Has a Right to Children was an album that was really important to us at that time as well. Great. Well, let's move on to the final place that we're going to visit today on on the choices that you've made. Where have you saved for our final stop? So I have saved Shetland for our final visit. Brilliant. And what is it about Shetland that made you made you choose it today? Um, in 2014, I went on a small Scottish tour with with Over the Wall, who played um, the first couple of dates. Uh, Yusuf Azak and Rick Redbeard and the record label Jerry Loves Records, who all three of us had released music on. And um, the it, it was kind of one of these crazy DIY tours. And, you know, we were driving up to Inverness and the, we, cra- we crashed the car. The wheel, the wheel almost came off the car and flipped over and... Mm you know, it was one of these, these kind of, um, yeah, these mad adventure tours. But when we, when we got to Shetland, it was really nice. We went to, um, we went to visit like a prehistoric cyclopean village called Jarlhof. And, um, and we just basically drove around the, the island, um, we stayed in Lerwick for a couple of nights, I think, and then 
we had a a, few, a couple of gigs um one night in Lerwick and then, and another night in a place called Bray's. And it was just a really nice um time, you know, really nice uh, to to be with good people and touring around and just seeing the sights and the scenery and being to some place that I'd never I'd never been before, you know. Did you get the boat to Shetland from Aberdeen? We did, yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. Was it, it was uh, how was the crossing? It was rough. Yeah. It was um <laughs> yeah, it was you know, I get travel sick and it was and it was pretty rough. And we were all we were also um I think there was five of us sharing a four bed cabin hmm. and all of the guys had been drinking, including me, and there was I don't remember getting much sleep that night because there was so much snoring going on in the cabin. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a it was a bit of a rough crossing, but I've only done that crossing once in my life, and it was enough to put me off ever wanting to do it again because it was so rough. It was properly like one of those videos you'd see on social media of a, of a crossing where all the furniture would move to one side of the boat, and then as yeah. it tipped, it would all move to the other. And um, I remember trying to lie down to try and try and get the feeling of seasickness away from me, and I just couldn't That's shift. Horrible. And it's just because it's, really it's such horrible. a long journey. I think is it fourteen hours? Yeah, I know it's. Uh, yeah, the waters were quite choppy, but I don't think they were as bad as that famous video where all the furniture is moving from one side of the of the restaurant to the other. Um, when we were on the boat, all of the furniture was bolted to the floor, so ah. I think they'd learned their lesson on that one. <laughs> yeah, they came up with a way to solve that problem. That's good. Um, but yeah. when you get obviously when you get to Shetland and, and you have the opportunity to explore it, was that the first time you'd been there? Yeah, yeah, it was the first time. Um, and we played in a really nice arts venue, I think, in, in Lerwick. And I mean, there was nobody there. There was maybe about 10 people watching the whole gig. But it was just we were just really well looked after by the by the arts venue. And it was a nice theater and the sound was great. And everybody that was at the gig went into the bar afterwards and somebody was, they had like a baby grand piano and somebody was playing that. And um, it was just a great, a great kind of party atmosphere, you know? And, um, and then I think the next day we just heard about the place and then there was a, a gig on the night after that. And it was in a, a place called Braze. And that was, that was a kind of experience because I think all of the all of the audience in the Braze show it was like a small pub, and all of the audience were just guy, just guys that had been working in the in the oil fields and offshore and things like that and yeah it was quite a rough tough crowd put it that way there was some guy that was uh, Rick was trying to play these really delicate beautiful acoustic songs and there was this guy with like purple hair that was just screaming in front of him <laughs> to the point where <laughs> to the point where um you know I thought one of the guys from Jerry Loves was gonna was gonna you know I thought there was gonna be a confrontation there <sighs> but um but anyway the guy went back to the to the bar and he was it was like he was propping up the bar you know he was so drunk and um he kind of fell asleep and 
his arm knocked like his pint and all of his shot glasses off the off the bar, and they all smashed onto the floor. And we were like, "Guys, oh, the guy's definitely going to get chucked out now." You know, that's that's it for him. That's it for him. And the the barmaid came round, sweeped up all the glass off the floor, and then just like poured him another pint. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, basically replaced all of his drinks that he just like spilled on the floor and we were like oh no thankfully by the time i went on it he'd left it was just uh yeah it was one of those nights away from the the gigging and and, and the performing what was your impression of, of shetland just as a place it was just beautiful it was um we went right to the top and looked out over the cliffs and yeah i mean it's just a a lovely landscape there's such a desolate beauty about it because there's not really any forestry or any trees or you know so it's just a it's just a green hilly landscape and at times it was flat and there was you know um there's lochs and it was just it was um yeah it was what i would imagine somewhere like iceland would mm would look like or or the Falklands Islands or something like that you know a real a real stark beauty about it and you've chosen a song that reminds you of of your time on on Shetland do you mind explaining why you've chosen the song and what it is yeah so I could have chosen two songs to be honest I could have chosen um Yusuf Azak's Peace in the Underworld um which reminds me of that whole trip as well um but I've chosen instead um, Rick Redbeard's um, A Greater Brave because just hearing him play that song every night was uh, was a real treat. And I kind of, I guess I could have picked any song from the album No Selfish Heart because Rick was, was touring that, he was promoting that at the time and all of the songs that he was playing was, was off that album. But the Greater Brave is probably is probably my favourite song from from that record, and whenever it comes on, it just reminds me of that that tour, that trip up to Shetland. Before we have a listen to Adam, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on the show and sharing these memories and stories about the places that you've chosen to talk about today, and also letting us know about um about your brand new album, which I'm excited to listen to when it comes out on. It's the 9th of July. Am I correct? Yes, the 9th of July, it's, it's released, yeah. Brilliant. And thanks thanks so much for having me, Ewan. It's been, it's been a pleasure. And all at once they seize the night From a sunny, easy flightless times They saw the sky was hung with jewels city flush with food You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with you and Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to Capture Caledonia the tracks that take us back. If you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a rating and a review. Please also go on social media and like and share the pages with all your friends and family. A little reminder that on Facebook and Instagram, just search Capture Caledonia. And on Twitter, search Capture Cali. Go on, 
like, share, post, comment about it, and help spread the word of Capture Caledonia. If you want to support the podcast, remember you can go on to my Buy Me A Coffee page, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Capture Cali. Any amount that you can afford to donate to support the podcast will really go a long way and help to ensure that we can keep the podcast going in the future. Thank you so much for your continued support, and I look forward to seeing you next week.